It's great to be here, great to have you. Just a reminder, you can listen to Red Zone Radio on the iHeart app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere that you get your podcast. All right. Reaction to Championship Sunday. It was a great, great two games, Chiefs and Ravens, 49ers and Lions. I'm going to start talking about the 49ers and Lions because for Brock Purdy haters, I think you have to eat a little bit of crow here. First of all, it's time to finally admit that he's a franchise quarterback. You don't have to say he's better than Lamar. You don't have to say he's better than Josh Allen or Mahomes. Because he's not. He's not better than those guys. But this guy has been dragged through the mud, trashed by TV analysts, by fans online, because he doesn't look like Allen or Mahomes or Lamar. His game isn't super exciting. He doesn't have great mobility. He doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. He's not the biggest quarterback. And like I said, you don't have to say he's better than those guys. He's not He's not those guys. But one thing you will not convince me of, I don't care how good the team is. I don't care how bad the team's division is. I don't care how bad the team's schedule is. You will not convince me that a quarterback who leads his team to a Super Bowl is a bad quarterback. There are exceptions when a quarterback comes in after an injury and has a great three games. Nick Foles. Quarterbacks like that. But Brock Purdy has been starting for this team all year. They go on the five-game losing streak during the season. Should he be benched? They struggle against Green Bay last week. Should he be benched? I mean, could you imagine the headline if the Lions went in there and blew them out and that game stood the way it was? They were down 17 points. If that game stood the way it was, Brock Purdy came back. And to his credit, you can make the argument, well... They wouldn't have been in deficit if it was for Brock Purdy. And he did have a bad interception. But the deficit was also caused by the fact that their defense could not stop a breeze in the first half. Now the defense came out and pitched a shutout in the second half. But their defense could not stop. Well, they basically pitched a shutout if it wasn't for the last second touchdown. But their defense could not stop anything in the first half. They were getting pushed around up front. So, this idea that it was Brock Purdy's fault I think is flawed and then also the main reason they got back in this game was because of Brock Purdy yes Brandon Ayuk made an incredible play that pass that should have been intercepted close to the goal line was was an incredible play I'm not trying to make the argument that other 49ers were not making great plays but Brock Purdy had the second most rushing yards on the team he had 47 rushing yards I mean he used his legs a lot when he needed to now Kansas City might be able to game plan for that, and and that's two weeks away, and we'll talk about the game as we get closer. But Brock Purdy deserves a little bit of praise. That I mean, I I cannot explain to you a quarterback that wins as many games as he has. I really have not seen trash like this. And the other part of this is if you if you think about Brock Purdy's playoff career. You can criticize his performance against Green Bay. You can criticize how he played in the first half. But he only has one loss on his record, and that was a game that he did not finish last year in the NFC Championship against the Eagles. Outside of that, he's 4-0. He is 4-0 in playoff games that he has played in from start to the end. So, 
Brock Purdy deserves a lot of credit. Let's talk about Dan Campbell's fourth down decisions. So, I don't have an issue with coaches being aggressive. I think with analytics, the way the game is leaning, it's smart a lot of times. You saw Andy Reid do it uh, first drive today, I'm pretty sure. And Travis Kelsey made that incredible catch. But, and I know the argument was well, easy to judge after the fact. But I'm I'm here to say, like, not to be a Monday morning quarterback, I was not judging those decisions after the fact. I was judging them prior to the play and the ball being snapped. First of all, if you think about this game for the Lions, I can make an argument it was lost based off fourth down decisions. Remember, when forty when the 49ers came out of halftime, they only scored a field goal. It was twenty four to ten. Now, a 14-point lead isn't the biggest lead in the world. It doesn't guarantee you're going to win. But they had a fourth down decision, and they decided to go to it, and the 49ers stopped them, and that gave them momentum. Had they have punted that ball, the four, at, that, at that time, the 49ers' offense was struggling. They were struggling. They only put up 10 points. If you punt it, you get another stop. Uh, there's a chance you get good field position and you score. So that leaked momentum to the 49ers. Now, that's not even I, I don't have a huge issue with that one. That what I'm doing there is a little bit of Monday morning quarterbacking. The one I had a big issue with was when they had a chance to kick a field goal and tie the game. I mean tie the game in the fourth quarter. 27-24. You can kick a field goal. And they decide not to do it. And they go for it. And the 49ers get the ball. And then they score a touchdown. And then you're down two possessions late in the fourth quarter. The game's over. If you kick the field goal there. And the 49ers score a touchdown. You could still tie it up. So I I had an issue with that one. And like I said. Obviously I I understand the argument. It's easy to judge the decision after the fact. But you got to think to yourself. Had what if they had not done that? For, you don't even have to judge all of them. What if they had not done that one and kicked the field goal? So the comeback was sparked. I'm not saying it was Detroit to have their chances after this, but it was sparked by a fourth down mishap by Detroit, and the comeback was basically completed where the 49ers had the lead and the Lions decided to go for it again. Again, I don't have an issue with teams being aggressive, and I understand that's been. Dan Campbell's MO since the start of the season. But sometimes you have to be willing to go against what you want to do. And it just felt a little like a little bit of stubbornness to me. And I like Dan Campbell. And by the way, I think two things are true. I do question the fourth down decisions, specifically the one late. I don't agree with it. However, Dan Campbell has done a terrific job this year, and the Lions organization is Forget about heading the right direction. They're a step away. Right? Like they're not heading the right direction. They're literally a game away. Now, we'll see what happens with Ben Johnson. They have some free agents. We will see what happens with those guys. But if Dan Campbell can retain some of this roster, and we will see next year how valuable Ben Johnson was. But Jared Goff appears to be a very good franchise quarterback. And that's another guy. Uh, didn't have a great second half. But at the same time, played a really good game. 
brought the Lions to the NFC Championship. And now in Jared Goff, he's had a tremendous amount of playoff success. He has made to a Super Bowl, made to an NFC Championship. And he's only done that. He's only lost two games, one to Brady and one to a stacked 49ers roster. And that's the other thing I want to discuss. I think it was clear the 49ers had the better roster. I can make an argument the Lions outperformed this year what their talent, what they had talent-wise. They were expected to make a leap this year, and they certainly did, but I think they they way outperformed expectations. I think expectations were like a playoff appearance, a wildcard appearance, maybe somewhat of a playoff win, not to make it to the NFC Championship, not to not to beat the Rams and the Buccaneers, and then have the game. What's painful, what's going to be hard to swallow for Lions fans is that you had this game. The good news is, it's not just like one of these young teams where you're like, oh, the future looks bright. It's like, you are a step away. So that's devastating for this year. But, like I said, if Dan Campbell can retain some of this roster, the Lions are going to be contenders moving forward. All right. But, and by the way, they have such a young team because they draft so well. Jamison Williams appears to be getting better and better. Jameer Gibbs is a stud at running back. Jared Goff has got his confidence back. Aiden Hutchinson is young. So if they get another piece on the defensive line, improve the secondary a little bit, they are going to be fine moving forward. Okay, let's move on to the Chiefs and the Ravens. So this has got to be a heartbreaker for Lamar Jackson. It felt like it was the Ravens' time. I said on Friday... When I released, or Thursday, I should say, when I released the episode that I'm picking the Chiefs because I believe Baltimore's the better roster. They had the game at home. But I said, I, I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes does what he always does. But what was more, it, it, what was shocking to me was not the fact necessarily that the Chiefs won, it wasn't the fact that Mahomes did what he always does, even. Or Andy Reid dialed up a great game plan. It was shocking to me, though, that the Chiefs held the Ravens to seven points, especially after the Ravens answered. Remember, when the Chiefs were down and scored and the Ravens answered with that touchdown pass to Zay Flowers, I thought for sure it was going to be a shootout. I thought Kansas City could be in trouble, but then it just fizzled out, and Lamar had a bad interception late. They were driving, and the fumble at the goal line by Zay Flowers. Those were two killer turnovers, certainly. But still, to be held to seven points in a championship game when you're at home, and it felt like roster for roster, the Ravens were the best team in the NFL. The 49ers have depth, but they don't have the quarterback of the Ravens. The Chiefs have the quarterback, but they don't have the depth of the Ravens. The Lions, it felt like, were shorthanded in terms of quarterback and depth if they had to play the Ravens. But Mahomes went in there and he does what he always does. And he won the AFC. And now we get a Super Bowl rematch. And that's off to the Chiefs. Look, I the in terms of what Patrick Mahomes has done in his career, this third Super Bowl, if he if he goes out there and he beats San Francisco and he gets a third Super Bowl. And it's way too early to start look it's way too early for me to look at predictions. I, I did look at the line it, when I checked, San Francisco was favored by two and a half. I'm sure that would change. But if he goes out there and he gets a win against the 49ers, 
This will be the most impressive impressive Super Bowl of his career. And it will it will add not just in terms of obviously it'll be his third Super Bowl, but it will add something interesting to the GOAT conversation. Remember, when we talk about Tom Brady, we consider him the GOAT because of his accomplishments. We don't really think about Tom Brady as an overwhelming physical quarterback. His mobility certainly wasn't outstanding. His size, he had good height, but he wasn't big. His arm strength was good, but it wasn't great compared to the likes of Ben Roethlisberger, Josh Allen, Patrick Holmes. We view him the GOAT because of accomplishments, and rightfully so. And I'm not trying to make the argument that Patrick Holmes gets the third Super Bowl that he'll be considered the GOAT. But we consider Tom Brady the GOAT, and we remember him for his accomplishments. Now, we don't consider Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre the GOAT, but we consider them all-time quarterbacks, not because of their accomplishments, although they have accomplishments, MVPs, Super Bowl, but we remember them because of their physical abilities, their arm strength, their mobility, the incredible plays to Aaron Rodgers, Hill Marys, the gunslinger Brett Favre. That's why we remember them, not because, their not because of their accomplishments, but because of their physical ability. With Patrick Mahomes, we are now looking at a guy that we will be remembering for both. And that's rare. That's that's where you get into the Michael and LeBron category. And I understand they're two different sports and it's comparing apples to oranges. But the reason why Michael Jordan is so famous is because he's got accomplishments and he's got the physical abilities. And not just like one ring, he's got six. Now, it's not the most in NBA. It's not the most in NBA history. But it's enough to be like, oh yeah, I remember him going to the Super Bowls. It wasn't just one. With Patrick Mahomes now, if he gets his third, and he's still young, he's got plenty of time to get more, and he does it with this team. Remember, we thought last year Chiefs were, we thought last year's Chiefs were a rebuilding team. This year's version is is not even close to last year's version. This is by far the worst roster Mahomes has played with in his career with Kansas City. And he brought them to a Super Bowl. Kadarius Tony, and I know he had the mishap, did not play today. For whatever reason, he didn't play. That was their best playmaker. I know he has drops. I know he had the mishap against Buffalo. But he is their most explosive player with a ball in his hands. He did not play. It didn't matter. They're on the road. It didn't matter. Injuries. Willie Gay didn't play. The spy for Lamar Jackson. Doesn't matter. Mahomes finds a way to get to them. And so what I'm saying is if he goes out there and he earns a third Super Bowl, the arguments against him, and I'm not saying against him for being the GOAT, but I'm saying whatever excuse you want to throw out for why he's not as good as people think he is, is now gone. If you said, well, he had a lot of weapons before when he won his first Super Bowl. Well, the second Super Bowl, he didn't have a lot of weapons. If you say, well, he still had a really good team. This year's team is not that good. It has a couple great players, but Travis Kelsey, although he played great today, is aging and he's not what he once was. And the Chiefs offensive line is not what it once was. And their weapons, no Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, it's not the same as when he was with the Chiefs the first time. Sammy Watkins, the, the legion of Zoom as they called it, 
at that time is no longer there. They're no longer the fastest team in the NFL. They no longer have the best weapons. They don't have the best defense, although it is really good. And it doesn't matter. And isn't it ironic how Andy Reid found a way to ice the game by getting it to MVS at the end of the game? The same guy that blew the game against Philadelphia. That's who we got the ball to. It's January 28th. I remember a month ago. I mean, it feels like an eternity at this point. A month ago during Christmas. When the Raiders went in their stadium, Antonio Pierce had a big-time win. A win that probably led to Antonio Pierce getting the Raiders' job. It was, a big part in pro- it was probably a big part in him getting the job. They went in there, and everyone said the Chiefs were done. And Mahomes was fired up on the, fi- on the sideline. Travis Kelsey was fired up on the sideline. It doesn't matter. They figured out their issues. And so my point is, you can't use the argument, well, he's always had a better team. This team's not better. You can't use the argument, well, he plays an easy schedule and is always at home in the playoffs. He went two games on the road. One in Baltimore, which is really hard. He played Miami, and that was at home, I understand, but in freezing temperatures for the coldest games in NFL history, and they played Buffalo on the road. Beat Josh Allen, beat Lamar Jackson. Well, he doesn't have the accomplishments. Now he's about to get his third Super Bowl. At a certain point, whatever, so what I'm saying is, whatever the reason is that someone might say, well, he's not as good as you think he is, because of this reason or that reason, there is there is really no angle at this point, especially because it's his third Super Bowl, that you can attack him. He has the accomplishments. He certainly has the postseason success. And this year he didn't have the team, and he proved he can carry a team. So there, there really is no other way, no, no other angle to try to make it seem like he's not as good as people think he is. All right, it's going to be a great Super Bowl. Chiefs, 49ers. I don't know who I'm going to pick. Rematch of the Super Bowl a few years ago. Uh, I cannot wait. It feels like for the 49ers, they get back to the Super Bowl, and it feels like this is who they wanted to play. I'm not saying it means they're going to win or lose, but it feels like this is the team they wanted. This is the team they wanted to play. I cannot wait to watch that. But for now, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Red Zone Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time on Red Zone Radio.